You are listening to Down Goes Frazier, where you can find all the latest news, interviews, and combat sports. That includes MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling, just so I make sure that's clear. I'm your host, Jason Frazier. Alongside me is my co-host, Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy, how's it going today? It is going amazing, other than we really need to change that intro up. Um, you know, even your boy Rodney Cotton made mention on social media that you got to stop calling it combat sports for wrestling. And he's a fan, Jason. I know he's a fan. And and I, right now, I'm not on speaking terms with Rodney Cotton because he keeps sharing memes of me. So I don't even care what he has to say. <laughs> don't really care. Let's be honest about these memes though that are going on with you um you're a tiktok famous person now and i i'm i'm shocked and amazed at the level of tiktok famous that you are becoming it's amazing jason how do you feel about that that you know you have have stepped into the world of tiktok i never seen you picking that app up and being that kind of guy because i didn't pick the app up and i haven't become that kind of guy (laughs) Um, I'm not even on TikTok. I'm just a bystander in my own house of random videos, random things. You know, it, it, I've gotten used to it, but I still don't like it. I'm just always on the lookout, always worried that whenever my wife has her phone out, it's either for TikTok purposes. That's what I'm always thinking is what's going on in the house. So now I'm, I'm paranoid in my own home. Well, I mean, if, if you were that paranoid, Jason, I think that you should probably change your wardrobe up a bit. Because if you have not seen this latest TikTok with Jason in it, um, there is a meme on my on my Facebook fan page that one Rodney Cotton had created. And it, it sums it up. It's beautiful. But where do you buy your outfits? Your shorts, your combinations are absolutely amazing. It's because I'm at home. If I ever wanted to just now, I don't want to have to wear the same things I wear for work at home. I just want to relax, watch TV, watch combat sports, watch Big Brother on TV, watch those things. That's all I want to do at home is chill out. I don't feel like I have to be TikTok ready at all times. I think I should be able to relax and wear whatever the hell I want to, Jeremy. I don't know. I'm still upset that I didn't get invited to the barbecue that had that shirt on, though, because that tank top is amazing. <laughs> I, I wore that tank top yesterday, proudly oh. around the house. It's still part of the wardrobe, still part of the oh. things that you're in the collection, the Jason Frazier wardrobe collection. Well, I may even come up with my own clothing line to do this TikTok ph- phenomenon going on here lately. Well, let's, I mean, let's be honest. It is one of the best dad looks there is. And speaking of dad fights, we got a big one coming up this weekend in the UFC. We're talking the battle of the dad bods with one Daniel DC Cormier taking on Stipe Miocic in the trilogy, Jason. This one's going to be fun. Oh, it is going to be fun. And there's a lot of stuff behind it. You got all these things that. And outside of it being for the UFC Heavyweight Championship, you know, Daniel Cormier's last fight. Also with it being this trilogy where they're tied at one apiece. I would almost say there might be a little bit of bad blood there because each time, you know, after Cormier won the first fight, he kind of was like, yeah, I don't really want to fight Stipe. And when Stipe won the second fight, he kind of did the same thing to Cormier. So a little bit of intensity there. And then 
the future of the heavyweight division, depending on who wins, is also kind of up for grabs there as well. Yeah, and I mean, and let's not uh, let's not forget that you know, in your vein of, of of things here, this is the baddest dad on the planet, plain and simple in this fight. Oh yeah, definitely. And someone I saw a meme. Speaking of memes, they said if you told somebody. These two dudes are fighting for the baddest man on the planet. They say, oh, yeah, that sounds like a 2020 thing. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just like they don't look like your prototypical dudes that, you know, carry their luxury. You know, we'll talk a little bit about Mike Tyson and Boxing the Shark later on in the show and how he was always the baddest man on the planet. They don't really strike that – when you look at them, they don't strike the fear that Mike did or Mike still does to this day at 53 years old. But these two dudes are bad men for their respect in UFC ranks and just in period of what they could do to you um, outside the cage. You probably don't want to make either one of these guys angry. No, complete and total. You know, Daniel Cormier, one of the best wrestlers literally that has ever been in the game of mixed martial arts here, out coming out there of AKA, uh, a lot of good guys out there working with him, including, you know, Khabib is out there, uh, our own violent Bob Ross. I mean, just a ton of guys out there. Steve Amiochik, you know, still coming in, working the day job still, UFC heavyweight champion, um, a firefighter by day, badass by night. You know, Jason, how do you see this fight going? Well, you got to figure. Now, here's the other question you got to really answer before you kind of give your predictions about this fight is, is this, Daniel, is this really Daniel Cormier's last fight? Because if it is, you think the game plan's a little bit different. He's coming out guns blazing. There's nothing else left for him to prove. Everything's going on the line. So in that case, I would definitely go the Cormier route. Because I think up until the first fight, Cormier won by knockout in that first round. And I think up until Sipe said, hey, let me try these body shots. Oh, these are working. I think Cormier was in control of that fight number two as well. Well, and I think that Cormier had to have gone back to camp and think, okay, he hurt me to the body. I've got to work on that. You know, Cormier has been one of those kind of guys who is the consummate game planner. He may not have been in some of the most exciting fights, but he's always been the most calculated. He is, knows where he needs to be position-wise at all times. And I think that's huge in this fight because Stipe can be considered sometimes a bit more of a brawler. Um, and I think that if Cormier can land that takedown as needed, and control positions, I think it's going to be a bad day for Stipe in this fight. Let me ask you this question. Here's a better question, a more fun question when you're talking about this. Who do you think Dana White wants to win this fight? You know, that's an interesting concept. Um, but I I could see him thinking that it's going to be, it'd be Stipe's game. Um, I think Stipe offers a lot more in title shots. As we said, we don't know if this is Daniel's last fight or not. Do you want your champion to be like, okay, good, I'm done. Now, well, we're going to roll this with Stipe versus Curtis Blade, Stipe, you know, any of these guys out there who are, who are knocking on that title shot door. So it's, it's a tough one. So I'm looking forward to this fight. See, I go the other way in there. I think that, Dana is really actively cheering for Daniel Cormier to win for two reasons. One, if Daniel Cormier wins, and you may have something you can entice him with to stick around for one more fight. You know who's been clamoring to go up to the heavyweight division? A guy by the name of John Jones. Whatever you can have that trilogy and finish that off. 
So I think Dana Wick can see some some money. Hang on, hang on, hang hang on. No. All right. Do you really think that Daniel Cormier, who has got just blasted by John Jones twice, wants to now go up to what was his native weight class in Strike Force, where he dominated, and then get his ass kicked again? Because that's what's going to happen when that's what's going to happen when you fight John Jones. I'm sorry. There is still not yet a person on the UFC roster who can beat John Jones. Uh, you sure? Because Dominic Reyes, I think, did last time. They just didn't give him the decision. I don't think Dominic Reyes won that fight. If you go by the way that judging works in the MMA world, I do not feel that he won that fight. So, plain and simple, Daniel Cormier does not want a third one of that. That's his one guy. There's that one guy. There's always the one thing in your head that you know that I can't beat it. I can't. I don't even want to try anymore. And I think that's John Jones to Daniel Cormier. Well, I remember when they did the E60 special on Cormier uh, prior to I think the last, well prior to the last Stipe fight, and you know they even said his wife was like, I really don't want him to never fight John Jones because he becomes a different person when that guy's name is mentioned even around you know him his personal life. But you got to think a guy who's that competitive. If you're looking at him saying, hey, I'm the greatest heavyweight of all time. And, you know, people always come back when you talk about combat sports, whether it's to the detriment, whether it's, you know, this is going all the way back to the days of Muhammad Ali. When that door, they say, is closed, there's a fight out there that intrigues them to want to come back. And you would have to believe in Daniel Cormier's mind, he thinks that he could beat John Jones at heavyweight because, you, like you said, this where he is, the most dominant fighter wasn't when it goes back to strike force. When it comes to UFC, you would have to think that maybe he thinks, hey, now I have him in my weight class. This is my shot. I don't know, Jason. I just I can't see it, but I am stoked that it is going to happen because this is the third one that needs to happen. But I got to ask you something about some pro wrestling here. And I can't believe that I want to even bring this up, but I do now. I was hit up recently on some things that went down and it was called the raw underground. People told me that there was an underground MMA fight going on and that it was going to be broadcast. Little did I know that this was some damn pro wrestling thing (laughs) that they were doing fake MMA fights in like some, it was Jason, what was that? What what even happened? It was an absolute atrocity. That's what happened. Um, <laughs> I can't even. I've watched this. When the first thing that came to my head, because we didn't get a chance to talk to you about it last week because you were missing an action. But the first thing that came to my head is like, please don't let Jeremy ever see this. This is <laughs> dreadful. This is like, because like, I've went to WrestleMania weekend and the WrestleMania weekend. They've had uh, Josh Barnett led it last time. It's called Bloodsport. Matt Riddle led it the first year, and these guys have combat sports backgrounds, MMA backgrounds, and they basically they put they would pit the top like you know guys who do have that kind of shoot fighting background, whether it was in you know amateur wrestling, judo, you know whatever, and they would pit matches, and they were you know. Um, uh, they were scripted MMA fights. And, I but, don't use the term MMA in anything that's scripted. Let's it's let's, just, let's throw it, it. It's just bad, man. There's no way to put it. it. It's not. 
Now, what I do like about it from the wrestling fan standpoint, and this is just a wrestling standpoint only, very, very brief thing that I can point out silver lining is you do get some people who do have that background an opportunity to get some more minutes on TV and actually shine. Like Shayna Baszler was under this week, and she was kicking everybody's ass. That, you know, I'm fine with that. Because <laughs> they've done a bad job of putting Shayna in a good spotlight. I think that put her in a good spotlight. Bobby Lashley's another guy they've been using this for, too, that kind of helped put him in a better light as well. So I, that aspect, yeah. But everything else about it is um, – very weird. Um, there's also the, the half-naked women dancing around, and that makes a very uncomfortable conversation when I'm sitting there trying to watch Monday Night Raw and my wife is in the room. Uh, so, yeah, it's not not great. Um, <laughs> not, not what I would have came up with, but it is what it is. Well, you know, I, I, I'm going to go watch it just because everybody told me. At least I'm going to watch a couple minutes of it. I'm a huge fan of Shayna Baszler, you know, back in the days when she was fighting in MMA, you know, so I'm going to go check this out, but no, don't call it MMA because it's not. That upsets me. That irks me. Even I Ken Shamrock. That's how it's going. Even Ken Shamrock was blasting him this weekend. He's like, you guys want to do well, this? Good. Give me a phone call. <laughs> well, good, because that at least adds some credence to it. But, you know, Jason, the one that's got me, though, and I am so stoked that we have the guests that we do today. And that is Mike Tyson versus Jaws, the Rumble at the Reef. Your Rumble thoughts. at the Reef. <laughs> I, it's Shark Week, man. You got to, you know, the Roy Jones fight has been postponed. So we had to get our feel of Mike, Mike Tyson this week. I mean, that is fair. You know, we were supposed to have Roy Jones, and then he he, he kind of ditched us, and now we kind of know why it happened, which is fine. But um, it's uh, – I, I, you know what the best part about this is? Is we are going to learn about sharks this week. And that's what Down Goes Frazier is all about, is bringing the knowledge to the fans. And, you know, usually, you know, someone's like, oh, you're covering a boxing – Boxing match, you can want to call Dan Raphael, you want to call our buddy Andreas Hill. Not this week. For this boxing match in particular, we had to go to another expert, an expert about sharks. We'll be talking to Aaron Sproyle. He's from the St. Louis Aquarium at Union Station. He's going to talk to us about that, about sharks, give us some more details about how he thought the how he thinks his fight should go down, how Tyson could be potentially the underdog in this fight. We'll talk to him about all that next here on Down Goes Frazier. And, Jeremy, one of my favorite weeks, you know, besides watching all of this MMA and pro wrestling and other sports, which I know you don't watch any other sports, but well, I always no, love Shark Week. They're not week. worth it. They're not worth it. They're, they are worth it. How do you feel about Shark Week, though? Oh, Shark Week is the coolest thing ever because, I mean, let's face it, there is no more apex predator than some kind of shark rolling around. And I'm so stoked that you went ahead and booked this guest. Our pro wrestling fans are mad that you said Apex Predator and you not mentioned Randy Orton. I just want to let you know that, too. Um, so, But I am stoked about our next guest. And, you know, we get a chance to talk about Shark Week because someone's probably like, this is a combat sports show. Why are you talking about Shark Week? Well, Mike Tyson tried his hand at boxing or fighting, whatever you want to call it, a shark this week. So we felt it was prominent to go get a shark, an expert to kind of break this down for us, let us know his thoughts on it, 
and we have this beautiful new aquarium in our home base here in St. Louis at Union Station. And we got Aaron Sproul to come talk to us today. He's he's a curator at the aquarium of the St. Louis Aquarium to talk to us about this this exhibition and everything else Shark Week. Aaron, it's a pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Aaron, I got to start off here, and I know that this is probably one of the crazier interview requests you've ever gotten, but number one, are you a boxing fan? Uh, you know, I, I've watched in the past. I can't say, like, I'm a diehard fan, but, you know, I, I like watching – uh, some of the good fights, and okay, I, I think probably the last one I watched was Ronda Rousey, uh, when you know, when she's fighting down in Melbourne, so yeah, it's probably been a while. Oh, it's, it's, he's he's on the MMA side with you, Jeremy. You know, that's how it should be, that's how it should be, but no, I mean, this whole Mike Tyson thing, I mean, the, the show was called was the Discovery Channel's Mike Tyson versus Jaws, and they called it Rumble on the Reef. And literally, it was a three-round, quote-unquote, boxing match with Mike Tyson diving down and, like, dealing with sharks. So, Jason, I'm, I'm flabbergasted by this. Oh, I am, too. So, Aaron, if you were in – okay, we're going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. If you were in the shark's corner, what would you have told him was his best technique to, to take on Mike Tyson? Uh, yeah. I mean, as, as far as boxing wise, you know, because he doesn't have flips, I would say definitely use the jaws. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So, it, it, no, that, go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. I was like, any other tips you would have told him? Like, Hey, watch out for Mike Tyson for any other things. Uh, you know, I, I, I do hear Mike Tyson has had a opportunity to go for ears periodically. So, uh, you know, <laughs> protect your ears. <laughs> okay. Now really though, for everyone out there who, who may or may not have seen this, you know, it looks like Mike Tyson basically did a dive. He was in a cage at one point in time. Then he did some open water. How really, how dangerous is something like this where these guys are going to go down there with these sharks and um they were talking that you know there were some skulls of bull sharks around them and some others just kind of talk about what is the real danger sometimes of being in like an open water dive and that deals with some of this uh, i mean as, as far as the danger you have to realize that uh, humans aren't actually a prey item to a particular shark uh so sharks really don't have much of an interest on on obviously you know eating uh, a person uh, and as I understand it, you know, we are pretty thick boned as well. So probably don't taste very good. Uh, so yeah, it, you know, I, I think there's a lot of mis misconceptions with the sharks. Uh, but you know, we, you are in, in that shark's environment. Uh, you know, it is something different to them. There is that opportunity, you know, sharks don't see that great, but you know, they have a great sense of smell. Uh, I can pick up vibration, but they don't see that great. So sometimes, you know, there is the, uh, the off chance of a mistaken identity. So, so you feed sharks, or you see sharks being fed, or you maybe feed them. What do, what is on a typical diet of a shark? I mean, I know the sharks you feed at the aquarium, but also the sharks that are. What are they usually looking for when they're down there? Well, I think you know. Again, going back to sharks, people don't realize you know sharks only eat about once every week, once every two weeks, so they don't eat that often. Uh, so half the time, or most likely when you're around the shark, it's it's probably not even looking to eat. Uh, and you can you can generally watch behaviors of sharks when when they are kind of. Uh, in, in an aggressive pattern, they tend to have a, a cat-like look, you know, 
they'll arch their back and, and, you know, swim closer to you, swim tighter circles around you just to kind of see what you are. And, and, you know, in the case of Mike Tyson, I didn't see the video, but a lot of the times, you know, if you stick your hands out or flow your hands out, you know, they're, they're going to take that as a sign of aggression and, and leave you alone. So the first round of this fight, basically, like I said, it was Mike Tyson going in a cage with a a group of what they call lemon sharks. So can you explain kind of what the the aggressiveness or what what a lemon shark is versus, you know, everybody knows the great white from Jaws? Yeah, I mean, a a lemon shark is is kind of a reef shark, uh, usually found off even on on the sandy beach is real common. Uh, That's probably the most common bite that actually occurs in the ocean when people are bitten by a shark. Uh, it's usually a lemon shark, and, and half the time it's probably them bumping into it, stepping on it, or something like that, and it's just a reactive uh, defensive measure. You know, they're going to you know flip around, give a bite, and, and then get away from you. Now, what now? What type of sharks do you guys – I know you guys have some sharks at the aquarium, uh, the St. Louis Aquarium. What, what type of sharks do you guys have there? Yeah, so we have nine different species, uh, six different species in our shark habitat and three different species in our stingray touch tank uh, that people can actually have the opportunity to, to touch. Uh, we don't want to box them because they are pretty small sharks. Uh, but, you know, if people want to see what a shark feels like and, and have that opportunity, you, you can definitely touch one in our, in our stingray touch tank and our shark touch tank. And uh, our, our main tank, uh, our biggest shark that we have, obviously, because we want to be able to care for these sharks uh, for their, for their natural, uh, life. Uh, basically, so the sharks, we don't have like a min, uh, huge sharks like you would find, you know, like the white sharks or, or hammerheads or things like that. Our, our largest shark is the brown shark. That's, it's about, uh, six feet, six and a half feet now. And it weighs in about a hundred pounds. Now I'm going to take it, Jeremy, that, you know, you talked, we, you know, Aaron mentioned some of the things with sharks eyesight not being that great. You know, I'm going to take it as Tyson. The shark was the underdog in this fight because, you know, of course, Tyson can see what he's punching. He's a boxer. He has more experience in this realm. What's maybe an aquatic animal that Mike Tyson would have been a definite uh, underdog against in this in this type of situation? Uh, as, as far as I think, if Mike Tyson being underwater, I think he would probably be the underdog with just about any any animal that's actually in the ocean. Because, I mean, he's fast. He's super, super fast. And, and believe me, I wouldn't want to get hit by him. Uh, but, yeah, underwater, even the fastest human in the water is, is five times slower than he is on land. And, and that's, a, that's a fast swimmer. So Mike Tyson actually being underwater and trying to, to move is going to be much, much slower uh, to where I think just about any animal could probably get out of his way. So, okay. So I got to go back to this, this fight with Tyson and I know that you hadn't seen it, but so what they basically did is it the second round, it was an open water dive and he was just being like, I mean, for lack of a better term, mauled by all of these sharks. And then what he would do is he would kind of throw a jab, kind of push him with his hand to push him away. So what is that happening whenever you see divers in open water and they're kind of popping them on the nose? Uh, there, there is rumor, you know, if you, if you ever have an issue with the shark to, you know, always go for the nose area. Uh, it is probably the most sensitive area on the shark. Uh, there's a lot of electroreceptors on that area uh, designed for picking up vibration, electrical current. So, you know, when, when, you, when you impact that area, it, it does disrupt them and confuse them. Uh, and that's, you know, like the sharks that we, we keep in our habitat, we, we, we make sure that they know where the walls are and the acrylic is so they don't bump into it because 
them bumping into it would be, you know, the equivalent of us bumping our head really hard. Uh, even bumping it lightly would be the equivalent of us, you know, getting in the head really hard uh, oh, and, wow. and disorient them. So that's a lot of the times why people just kind of push on that nose and, and kind of, you know, move them out of the way. So the uh, the other thing, though, that, that, that they considered Tyson the winner was is because they had him basically wrap up the shark and they called it tonic immobility, which they said causes a temporary inactivity. Um, can it kind of explain like what that was that what happened with that? So tonic immobility uh, is, is a method we, we use as well in the aquarium industry with sharks. So if we, if we ever want to do any uh, medical procedures or treatments on sharks, uh, basically what we'll do is we'll bring them uh, to the surface kind of in a, in a stretcher obviously leaving them in the water because that's, that's how they live. Uh, that's how they breathe. Uh, and then if you flip them upside down, it kind of puts them in a, in a sleepy state, you know, not out cold, but in a sleepy state, uh, that we can do any procedures that we want on them. Uh, and then we can flip them back over and, and let them go. It is, it is something, you know, similar to like flipping an alligator over and things like that. It's something that you don't want to do for probably more than five minutes. Uh, you know, to get that shark because it can be detrimental to that shark. That's like MMA. Mike Tyson won by rear naked choke. Almost it sounds like <laughs> putting the That's shark sounds like on this on this case. I'm like I said, I'm over here fast. I'm just listening to all these things and like these different techniques and different things of how Mike Tyson was able to be effective against the shark and just mind blowing. I have a question for you. Uh, is this actually a favor, Aaron? Um, I know you say you have smaller sharks at the aquarium, but do you know anyone who has like maybe some of those lemon sharks laying around that Jeremy Johnson can go down there and uh, wrestle with? Uh, lemon sharks. I don't know anybody that has lemon sharks. I know I moved some from Australia, uh, up to Asia a while ago, but yeah, I don't know if anybody really keeps lemon sharks, uh, on display. Uh, and, and the reason being is, like I said, they are quite an aggressive feeding shark they they eat a lot uh and a shark like that is really hard to keep uh in a, in a habitat in an aquarium habitat as it tends to start taking out all your other fish that you keep with them oh so we got so, to australia is what you're saying well let's put it this way i'll fight anybody anytime anywhere i will put on the wetsuit i'm in not a problem i have been to the st louis aquarium it is a beautiful facility now Talk about some of the sharks that you have there and kind of, you know, what their day-to-day routine in life is in, in the tank like that. Uh, so they, they I, I think they have a really great life. I mean, uh, you know, they, they see a veterinarian every week. So once a week, a veterinarian comes and takes a look at them. Uh, three times a week, they're offered restaurant-quality seafood. Uh, so just to put that in perspective, uh, the sharks basically eat better than I do because, you know, I'm, I'm going home and, and having a hot dog or some chicken nuggets or something. And these guys are eating salmon and shrimp and all kinds of just really great food. Uh, so they, they really have a, a great life. Uh, you know, the water is, is always kept at a, at a great temperature, optimal temperature for them. So, and, you know, food is just constantly coming to them. So all they have to do is kind of swim around and, and, and enjoy life. You know, Jason, maybe, maybe the aquarium will uh, will set up their own, and we'll do uh, we'll do down goes Fraser versus the shark at the aquarium. I mean, I we could sell out. It'd be it'd be beautiful. As long as they're providing that type of food, I'm in. 
<laughs> no kidding. I, I'll, I'll, I'll attack a salmon to fight a shark. I'm mean, not a problem. <laughs> I was like, man. Long as it... Now, I know you have one thing, Aaron, too, that's kind of cool with the aquarium because I've been there with my family. And you guys have a lot of immersive activities where people can touch, you know, different things. And are there, tell us a little about some of those options that you guys have. Yeah, so, I mean, anytime you come out to the aquarium, I always have a joke that, you know, when you get to the gift shop, which obviously we always exit to the gift shop, if, if your hands are dry, then we send you back through the aquarium. Because uh, there's many, many opportunities, you know, to, to, to feel thousands of fish uh, swarming across your hand, uh, feel what a pincushion urchin feels like. Uh, and, and then we do have our stingray and our shark touch tank. So if you've ever wanted to feel what a shark feels like, you definitely can come out here and, and, and touch a shark. And believe it or not, you know, you look at those sharks and, they don't really feel what you think they're going to feel like. Yeah, definitely. If you're in the St. Louis area, um, like I said, I grew up here my whole life and I remember Union Station when it, you know, as a kid going there and it's amazing what you guys have been able to turn that aquarium into. So if you're in the St. Louis area, make sure you visit Aaron and others and, you know, get a chance to touch the sharks, touch the stingrays. There's a lot of other great other animals. There's a blue crab there representing the Stanley Cup champions, or the defending Stanley Cup champions. That was very cool. Yeah, the immersive activities to be able to, you know, touch the stingrays, touch the sharks that are in there. So, Aaron, tell everyone how they can get more information, where they can find out, how do they get tickets and everything. So, the the best way to get more information is to visit the stlouisaquarium.com website. Uh, that's where you can book your tickets to, to come out and visit. I definitely want to encourage everyone to book uh, your timed entry uh, to come into the aquarium. It will save you time getting your tickets online as well. Uh, but we do sell out, uh, especially in, in these times of uh, the current pandemic. We are, we are running lower numbers uh, to be able to maintain that social distancing and, and keep everyone safe. So we, we are running lower numbers. So definitely book online uh, and definitely come out and see us, though. Yeah, we'll definitely have to come out and see you guys there. We definitely appreciate your time. And if there's any pushback from Mike Tyson in this interview, Jeremy Johnson will take care of him for you. He has you under he has you under wraps. Awesome. I got uh, yeah. this Not a problem whatsoever. I will take care of it. And I'm telling you, Aaron, if you ever need somebody, you know, a little promo, do a dive, wrestle a shark, I'm in. I'm your guy. I can do it. Yeah, well, if you ever want to come out and talk to the divers, we, we do have the ability that anyone can come out. We have our dive shows three times a day, and you can actually talk to the diver and ask him what it's like to be in there with the sharks. Yeah, if, if you ever want someone to come in there and dive in with the sharks, and you don't talk to me, talk to Jeremy. I will not be your participant in that, <laughs> in, in that area. I, I, I'm happy to ask you the questions from afar. Um, but, no, we appreciate your time today, Aaron, and best of luck to you guys at the aquarium, and great to see what you guys are doing for the St. Louis area. Great. Thank you for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. That was an amazing interview, Jason. I feel like we've educated the fans today. I feel like I was educated. I was sitting here like I was like back in school just learning about sharks. I was really impressed that you had all the shark lingo down, like, you know, basically like a play-by-play guy. I guess it is your job, so I guess you I, were supposed to have all those notes down. I mean, I got to do my research, you know, and it, it's what it's all about in this thing. So, but. Yeah. As, as we get ready to wrap up the show here, Jason, I, I did something. And I don't know how you're going to take this, but we, we've had a great show today. Uh, but 
everyone keeps still has been talking about you on TikTok. You on TikTok. What I, I just don't understand the you on TikTok. So uh-huh. I had to go to the source. So Jason, I booked a guest. Oh, brother. Um, yeah, you booked a guest. So what'd you do? So, you know, it was either number one, I was going to go get the founder of TikTok, but he's not real happy with the United States right now. So I did one better and I have booked Mrs. Frazier. That's right. Aaron Frazier is on the phone joining us right now. Aaron, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are y'all? So, so I'm hey, glad to hear from my lovely, I'm always happy to hear from my lovely wife. Let me get this straight. Jeremy. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let me get this straight. You, we asked you to book Roy Jones Jr. You, you failed on me last week. I asked you about Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, last week. Instead, you bring me the world's most dangerous TikToker. That's what you have given and me this absolutely. week. Absolutely. Um, so there's a reason that I had to do this, though. All right. There has now been, number one, there has been a couple of amazing outfits that Jason seems to wear around the house. Now, oh, yeah. Does Jason pick out his own clothes? Yes, he definitely does. Oh, my. So what do you think whenever Jason comes home with these outfits like this? I mean. Well, he doesn't wear those outfits out of the house. When he leaves the house, he looks very nice and very handsome. But when he comes home, he immediately changes. And I think he just grabs the first thing, like, on the top of the drawer. Like, he doesn't look. He just grabs whatever is on the top of his drawer. Because I think I'm in my safe place. I should be able to wear whatever I want and not be comfortable (laughs) in my house and not be judged. I think it was going out for the TikTok universe. And he... He used to get away with that until uh, my daughter introduced me to the world of uh, TikTok. Well, so <laughs> now you have basically made your loving husband, one Jason Frazier, my co-host, the butt of almost every TikTok that you've done so far. And yeah. how how has that done between the two of you? Because it really looks like you're just kind of lambasting him every once in a while and sneaking up on him. And next thing you know, boom, <laughs> we're getting a baby daddy going. The next thing... The, the one that I got to ask you about, the latest TikTok with one Jason Frazier was a challenge, and that was send a dirty message to your significant other while other people are around. And my God, the look on yeah. that man's face has now become a meme that is spreading throughout the mixed martial arts world. So, Aaron, I got to ask, what did you say to him? Uh, I don't think I can say that on air. I don't think that that's, uh, it's not PG enough for me to say y'all might, y'all might get a fine or something. I don't know how that works. Yeah. So like (laughs) my my reaction, I think people thought like, cause full disclosure. So people understand the dynamic of my household right now. Uh, (laughs) my mom, you know, cause she was living in Texas, but she spends a considerable amount of time here living with us for some time during the summer. So she's at my house. But that was my reaction. I was like, oh, he's looking to check and see if his mom was saw the message. I wasn't worried about that. I was looking back at my son, who's three, and he likes to stay up all types of night. I just wanted him to go to bed. That's why I looked at him like, Can you, is, 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 is he asleep? Is he, what is he watching on his tablet? Is he ready to go to bed? All right, let's, let's go ahead. It's 8 o'clock. It's time for him to go to sleep. That, yeah, that I think was, I said it a little too early for him to go to bed. Oh, that's amazing. Well, the that's whole amazing. thing was you're supposed to send it 
like when you're like a group of people, like a bunch of stuff I've seen on TikTok, like people have been out to dinner, like family barbecues and stuff like that. But with everything going on right now, like we haven't really been anywhere. And I was like, I really want to do this one because I think it's funny and he won't know because he doesn't know I'm recording him. So the best I could do was when his mom and our son was in the room, like that's the best I could do. So I still thought it was pretty funny. I still got a pretty, I think I got a, a pretty good reaction out of him. Well, I think you did too, and you need to go check that one out. I think that we have that one out on our TikTok here at Down Goes Frazier, so go check that out. Also, like I said, there's there's memes of Jason all over the place. But so now, Aaron, I gotta ask you, what's yeah. next? What can Jason expect <laughs> next? Well, I can't tell him what to expect because then we don't get the authentic Frazier reaction if he knows what's coming. So, but I've got a few more things up my sleeve that I've been saving uh, to my TikTok to to do to him. I did do one the other day, but something messed up and I didn't get the sound. And oh. it was the one oh, where oh, nothing, you nothing like, messed up, and nothing messed up. <laughs> I was legitimately pissed. That's what that's what messed up. <laughs> it was one where you call and you say that, hey, I just got pulled over, but I told the police officer that I was speeding because you had fallen down and you weren't able to get up. Like, I need you to like lay down. So when I get home, like the police officer sees that you're down. Well, instead of just doing it, like I told him to, he like argued with me on the phone. He was so mad. Oh my gosh. He was so mad. He was like, I can't believe, why would you lie to a police officer? You should have just taken the speeding ticket. Like, he was so mad. So, but the way my phone was, because I was talking through him to the car, through the car speaker, and it didn't pick up his sound. Like I don't know, something oh. weird happened. And it didn't pick up the sound. So, and then I got home, and he was just sitting on the bench in the backyard, and I was like, "You were supposed to be laying down. You're supposed to be helping me out." He was like, "I was just gonna tell him that I eventually was able to get up on my own." <laughs> but he didn't like that one. He was pretty mad about that one. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't. I was not a fan. But of that. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> so, Jason, how do you feel about your newfound TikTok fame? Um, I he don't loves like it. it. He it, plays no. like he doesn't, but he really loves it. I don't think that's the case. The, 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 <laughs> it, what I lo- I love what was in the message. What I thought was just a legit intimate moment between us. I didn't know it was gonna be. I didn't love that it was gonna be put on TikTok. Um, uh, but no, it. it <laughs> But I'm not the only one in the house. Like, you know, Price, my son, my three-year-old son is getting abused with this TikTok app. Um, it's not abuse. <laughs> so Price my, likes it because Price likes the TikTok music. My, my 12-year-old stepdaughter is getting getting a bunch. She she introduced her to this app, and I think Those she regrets it every funny. day. Um, so, yeah, it, <laughs> it's 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 a thing. It's it's a, it's a thing in the household. So if uh, – if we, this if this uh, show is being broadcast and so a certain someone is listening, sign that damn executive order. I don't care about the <laughs> VP pick. Sign a damn order oh now. My <laughs> Whatever. Sign oh my order. god. Hey, oh you know what god. though? I totally backed up my message that I sent him, so he still won, oh even though he got pranked on TikTok. Listen. He still ended up, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so TikTok helped out. All right. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that 
I was I over do. here trying to think of ways of who I'm going to call Jeremy to uh, to repay this this interview um, later on down the line. So don't worry, I'm going to find someone um, I can uh, call to get some dig some dirt on you. Well, that's fine. There's a, I'm sure there's a ton out there, but if you want to see it, go check us out on TikTok at dgf combat sports follow us all of our socials at dgf combat sports and down goes frazier on facebook uh aaron thank you very much and i am glad that jason so far has been a good sport about all of the TikToking. he has been thank you for calling me and surprising him <laughs> I'll, I'll see you at home later love you <laughs> okay love you too bye oh. bye Well, Jason, what a show. I am stoked about it. Go check us out again on all of the socials. And I think it's time that you start your own TikTok, Jason. Just saying. Never will happen. Not not a chance. Like, I don't do all the dances. I don't do all the crazy videos. I'm not into all that. I spent enough time doing all that stuff during mass comm class at SIU of staging videos. Don't want to do it in my current life. So I'm going to bypass TikTok. I'm just going to wait till the order happens and there's no more. And I can be like, hey, I didn't miss anything. Well, got to love it. Our fans love it because we'll see you next time right here on Down Goes Frazier.